Hope on the Hard Road podcast, where you and your family can find community, find encouragement, and find hope for the road ahead. Speak encouraging words to one another. Build up hope so that you will all be together in this. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 We're continuing our series for moms with a return visit from author and speaker, Cindy Farini. You're going to love Cindy's fun-loving approach to life, as well as her heartfelt perspective and insights as a mom of an adult child with special needs. Let's listen in. Cindy, I am so glad to have you on today's podcast. This Thank is you so, so much for having me. You bet. Um, a little history for our listeners. Cindy and I first connected about, I think it was 10 years ago when I first heard your family story on Focus on the Family. And I reached out to you in an email and then we corresponded for a little bit. And then fast forward to last summer when our nonprofit hosted a virtual date night event. And we went through your book, Love Always, which we just love. And you both agreed to join us on our very last Zoom meeting and talk with our couples. We were so amazed by that because the fun part is, is that we're in California and you guys are three hours of us. So when we ended our meeting at nine, it was midnight for you guys. Oh my goodness. We were so blessed by you guys coming and doing that. And what an incredible willingness to support families. Thank you. Well, we love doing it. And you know, we all have, we all and the special needs have expertise at being up at all hours of the night. So that was no problem for us at all. And it's just, you know, it's a wonderful opportunity when we get to connect sometimes face to face with people. Um, it's nice when people read our book, but sometimes to hear a person's voice, hear their heart, um, and for us to get to see other people too who are going through the same situations, um, different, a little bit different stories, but we all kind of get it because this community is pretty tight. That's right. So why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and your story? Well, um, Joe and I have been married 42 years and we have three children. Joey, who is our special needs son is 40. And then we have two daughters in their thirties. Both are married, both have two sons each. And then our one daughter has two foster daughters as well right now. And Uh, They're with us for a time. We don't know how long. But um, so, you know, I guess really just my part of the story would just be that, um, you know, I had a a great growing up. I had wonderful high school and college experiences. And when I re-met my husband, who I had met in high school, but we didn't date back then. But when I re-met him after he had finished school and we had each been engaged to someone else and then re-met, after we had broken off those engagements, um, our life really started off so nicely and um, just, I mean, I I wouldn't say perfect, but it just seemed smooth, I guess would be the word. And so, um, you know, I just guess I didn't expect that the first thing in our marriage that would uh, come along for us would be a child with special needs, which really uh, rocked the boat. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't really rock our marriage per se. I think it challenged us, us a bit. I don't think it rocked it to a point of wondering, oh, will we make it or not? But it certainly was something that I never, ever, ever would have expected. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I think this is something that will help our listeners to hear about. Can you tell us a little bit about those early years with Joey, you know, the medical needs and the schooling? Yes. Um, Well, Joey was in school until he was age 22 and our, uh, where we live, our city really has a great program. But when he was first in school, it did not. And so they would transport him from from our home to the community one over, and they had a great, great program. And so we, Joey had all his schooling was amazing. It was so amazing. And I have to tell you, so many of his teachers were Christians. And the ones who were not were um, loving, caring, um, warm, kind individuals. I think he had one teacher that he sort of, they kind of rubbed each other the wrong way a little bit, but it wasn't bad. You know, it wasn't bad. And all of the teachers just were wonderful in how they helped him. Even before that, when Joey was first diagnosed and probably a year or shortly in, you know, under or over that time frame a little bit, he was, we had him in therapies. So it was speech, occupational and physical therapy. And it was at our Metro hospital. So we had to go quite a distance for that and into the inner city. Mm-hmm. And that was a challenge for me because I wasn't really as familiar with that area, but met great people um, through that process. And in fact, one of his, in fact, his first therapist um, I would say it was probably 15 or 16 years later, I was speaking at one uh, a school on special needs and she came up to me. I hadn't seen her for you know 15 years. She came up to me and she says, I don't know if you'll remember me. And when she told me her name, I knew exactly who she was, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have had people in Joey's life who have surrounded him and us with such great care Um I don't take any credit for it, but I will tell you that I worked really hard to try to make that happen because I realize that a lot of people who are in special needs situations will try hard to get their kids into all the normal classrooms and and be and do and all that sort of thing that really is hard for them and maybe takes away from the normal population of typical children by having a special needs child there. And I was not that parent to push my kid into that situation. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think teachers appreciated that. So those early years, um, when he was first diagnosed, we did immediately early intervention and had a lot of um, therapies and Uh, had a special preschool that he went to, which was kind of funny because it was a little bit more pricey than, you know, your normal uh, preschool and people would complain about their fees. And I'd be like, whoa, mine's three times that. But Joey (laughs) got what he needed in that, you know, he got therapies. um, He got to be around people that made noise because at our, our house, you know, it wasn't as noisy as a classroom and he needed to be able to do that sort of thing. So he, um, yeah, so we, every, along the way, I think, I think from the time he was one year old, we were working on something and I just, I can't even tell you how wonderful I felt the people were around him. And I guess I just took a back seat too. And when they would come to me and say, Hey, uh, you know, this is what's next for Joey. Like we're going to have an IEP, 
um, you know, for what's next for next year and school systems, um, the individual uh, plans, educational plans. And I would say, you know what? I don't know. But how about if we do this? You tell me what's next and I will do everything you tell me to do at home. And I felt like we were a good partnership because of it. Yeah, that's great. You know, as moms, we are often balancing so many different facets of life. How did you find that you balance the demands of work and family and being a caregiver? Well, um, some people who are listening aren't going to want to like to hear this, but by nature, I'm a very organized, balanced um person and I really strive for that. I do not like chaos. And so my path of least resistance was always what will keep this organized. Mm -hmm. And um, I did write a book, if anyone's interesting, it's called Balancing the Active Life. And it really talks about different aspects of life and ministry and how to you know, it's just, it's kind of like the Proverbs 31 woman. She didn't do all that in one day. Right. You know, she did a little of this here and a little bit this here when she was older and things like that. So, you know, I, I don't want to say that I have it all together. That is not my goal here at all, because there are plenty of times that the gift of being organized, organized becomes sin because you got too carried away, mm-hmm. you know, and I've been there. Mm-hmm. So I have not arrived yet. You'll be happy to know. Um, But I feel like what really kept me most balanced was thinking ahead to what were the need, what would, what might be the needs that I would have to deal with, uh, not only with Joey, but with our two girls as well. Um, There were many times that even my organization failed. Uh, Planning some vacations were some of those, those times where you think that, you know, you're going to plan a memory to remember and (laughs) then you got a different kind of memory (laughs) to remember. Oh yeah. (laughs) Um, So, you know, but for me personally, it was planning ahead, not waiting until last minute when everybody's already frustrated and you're out walking out the door and you aren't remembering to do the things that would have made it easier. Like just for instance, what clothes will you kids wear to school tomorrow? put them out the night before, you know, something like that. But I tried to purposefully do that for my own life, for the children. Not that I thought for them, but I had them thinking that way too, so that we weren't all frustrated. Um, I think one other thing that was, was helpful for me that when I learned this was watching when each of us got frustrated, uh, what was the cause of that frustration and could we stop it? Could we stop it the next time it happens? And one thing that I learned um, was, I, I think, was one morning in the house that we lived in, we had like this little cubby. It was like a little breakfast cubby, but it was in the family room and you could see the TV. And then right next to that cubby was um, an intercom that had, um, a, you know, you could put the radio on. And so the TV was on, it was before school, the TV was on, the radio was on, and then kids, you know, all over the place. And Joey was having a really hard time. And I really think the Lord showed me like, do you see what chaos is going on here? Like I could tune all that out, but he couldn't. And so I feel like, you know, we have to be good students of our children. Um, 
what makes them tick, what makes them, what ticks them off, you know, same thing with our spouses too, really. Mm -hmm. And then try to avoid those things in ways that aren't ignoring them, but in ways that are um, making it more productive and helpful for that individual. And even, you know, those of us who just have one child with special needs, there are many people out there who have children with more than, you know, more than one child with special needs. And so you really have to be thinking. Um, some people say that they don't know if you really can balance life. And I do think you can because a balance is very seldom level. You know, there's always a little give and take. And I think that's how life is. And so we need to um, just be really proactive um, watching, thinking, discerning. I love the word discern. It's the definition is something like seeing something that isn't there, you know, mm -hmm. and I do believe many, most, if not almost all women, I believe have a good discernment when it comes to their family, especially their children, that whole nurturing aspect that you can discern things that sometimes, you know, that maybe our husband won't see or notice. Um, even if we tell you, like Joe is the first to admit, he used to say to me, um, like, you'll have to tell me because I'm not good at seeing that. Mm. You know, even when I would put laundry in the middle of the room, he would just say, let me know that you want that folded, you know, and yeah. that's good to know because yeah. otherwise you'll have an argument about it. So, um, you know, the, the whole idea of just being intuitive, discerning, and kind of looking for the things that will help you to not be frustrated. It'll still happen, but maybe not as much. Yeah. I love that. Um, you know, what's interesting though, is oftentimes we're so discerning about others' needs as women. And I think oftentimes moms forget about self-care. You know, do you have any advice? Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to share a story and then I'll, I'll talk about self-care because I do think it's important. I remember a time that Joey was on some new medic medications for seizures and um, he was just Oh, he was just so bad, biting, kicking, spitting, hitting. And he was little, so it didn't hurt much. You know, he might have been seven. But I remember I was so exhausted. And Joe came home one day and I just said, I don't know if I can keep doing this. I am just so worn out. It, every every minute was a battle. And um, the next day he had off and he said, you know, why don't you just go out for the day, go get a manicure or get your hair done or whatever you want to do. And I just don't happen to be that person that loves going and sitting for a day and a spa day. I know a lot of women who do, and I don't mind them. I just did one recently with my daughter who invited me to do one. Um, but for me to put that on my schedule, even on my own, probably wouldn't be my first choice. I'm, I would say, how about if you take the kids and go to your mother's and fathers, and I'll stay home. <laughs> that would be like, and I'll catch up, and I'll get to do what I want to do. But I, when that happened, um, I was gone all day long, from morning until after dinner. It was about seven o'clock, and he told me, "Be gone as long as you want." So I took him up on it. I don't even remember what I did that day. Absolutely, yeah, be gone. So um, I got home, and Joe's a uh, formerly a dentist. He's um, retired. And I walked in the door 
And the first thing that I thought of was, oh my gosh, like nothing changed. Everything is still the same here. Like I expected when I came home, I, I would be refreshed though. So would everybody else be? And it wasn't. And then not only that, but he had an emergency at the office and his dad was on his way over to go with him. He would always take someone with him when there was an emergency at the office. So I had about 10 minutes of, um, you know, segue time. And I don't know what it was. It had to be the Lord who said to me, you know, to my heart, uh, tell Joe to bring his uh, physician's desk reference home and check out the medications Joey's on. So I said to him, well, if you have to leave, bring your PDR home. And when he did all of the side effects of what Joey, so maybe I got refreshed that day to be able to say, go bring this home. But all the side effects of that medication were listed in that PDF. So, uh, or PDR, excuse me. And so I really was thankful I had that day away. Um, I have to say, I did not come home refreshed. And when I came into the door, I realized that I was frustrated because it wasn't going to change. And I still realized that, that even when Joey, who is 40, goes and stays with someone like my sister, Sue, or one of my daughters for a day or so for us to get away or something, um, I realize that it's just temporary and, and it, it's not going to end, you know, I'm not going to end and have this all better. Um, and so with that thought, um, I would encourage women that they need to find what is it that encourages, blesses and, um, refreshes them. You know, if it's reading a book, can you, even take a, a friend, let's just say whether it's to the beach or the lake or a park, and the friend goes with the child over here, and you're over here reading a book, and you can just turn your head a different direction and not have to think about it. Or could you leave them at home with that caregiver? Um, when my kids were little, I had a young gal who would, um, she was in junior high, and she would come over for me just to get things done like ironing. And she'd play with the kids in the basement and I would do ironing someplace else. But she knew she could get me if she needed me. And I knew if I wasn't comfortable with all the noise and commotion, I heard I could go check on them. But I was alone and I was uninterrupted. For me, that was self-care because I was getting things done that I needed to get done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I like I said, I'm not one who needs to be pampered per se. Um, but there are times that I think we need that where we can just sort of unplug and say, This is just me time. And I think women should know what that looks like for them. Yeah. You know, because it it might look different for me and for you and what refreshes you might be a drag for me, you know, like, oh no, I can't even think about that. So I think that whatever you choose to do in terms of self-care, it needs to apply to you. Uh, One thing I will say is that both my mother and my mother-in-law, when they would come watch the children, I never, ever felt like I couldn't go do something if you will, what's looked like it might be selfish. I never felt like I couldn't go to lunch with a friend or something. If they came over, like it had to be errands. I never felt like that. And I was grateful that I could maintain friendships and um, fun things like that. That's probably what would feed my soul is being with people who I could just laugh with and enjoy their time and hear about their life. And hopefully they would feel the same to hear about mine. That to me would be refreshing. Yeah, absolutely. I love what you're saying about specifically figuring out what 
is good for you. What's actually going to feed your soul, body, mind, and spirit. And so I think, um, for the moms out there listening, just to, to think through that a bit and to know that, you know, even the smallest things, like you said, just taking a moment to breathe, mm-hmm. bring on those feel good hormones, serotonin mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that, and, um, you'd be able to do the next thing that you have. Sure. To so, sure. Well, you know, I even remember, I think I learned for myself, I learned this early, even before I had children and I was asked at church one time, um, there was in the nursery, there was one less worker and somebody just saw me pass by and grabbed me. Now, I didn't have children at the time. Will you help in the nursery? And I wanted to say no. Because yeah. even though I have my, well, now, I mean, after that, I had my own children. I love my own children, love my grandchildren. But at the time, I was just thinking like, I don't really want to go in there and have their runny noses and sneezy and wet diapers and all that. I really don't want to. I went because there was a need. But for me to sign up and serve there every week was not going to happen. But you give me a group of ladies that I can sit with and talk with or speak to, you've pushed the right button, mm-hmm. you know? And so that was a good thing for me to, to learn early on that um, we can say yes to things that we don't like, but don't say yes to it on a long-term basis. And, you know, now that we say that, you know, we all have children, we wouldn't probably have chosen if a special needs child, given the choice, but having a special needs child, then you have to make those, those um, adjustments and say, okay, so here's what, what we've been given. And so even though this might not have been my choice, how will I make the best of it? Just like I did that day in the nursery. I didn't go in pouting. Um, maybe in my heart, I probably did, but I didn't go in looking like a, you know, a sour person. Um, I, I made it, made it enjoyable. So, you know, I think we have to be careful of uh, making sure that we are careful about that for ourselves too. Yeah, exactly. What advice would you give for the wives on marriage? You know, I think uh, probably a couple things that first come to my mind would be uh, make sure you put the Lord first, of course, um, be in his word that you can learn what your role is as a woman. Um, if you have the opportunities to attend something like a family life weekend to remember, mm-hmm. I think you get great advice about your marriage and what we should be as a husband and wife to each other. I think that's really important. Um, I feel like, um, you know, when we learn those things, then that's where we have opportunity to grow if we take them to heart. And I know when I've spoken at Family Life, there have been times where women have come up to me crying and saying, I never, ever knew that I should put my husband before my children. Mm. And, and I think that is, if you will, the, the list should be God is first, our husband is second, and our children are next. And then, of course, our work and our ministry and fun things and hobbies and all that. Um, when we put them out of order, I think what happens is we have... Um, disorganization, we have unhappiness. And when the children know that a husband and wife are aligned together, and they are the most important thing to each other, kids don't mess with that. You know, they know. um, And I think that's really important. So what I would say to women in terms of their husbands, I would say, Um, Like I said, maybe even a minute ago is to be discerning, you know, what are your husband's needs? And I don't just mean sexual needs, but I do think that's very important. 
Um, what are his needs for friendships? What are his needs for his work? Um, you know, Joe was self-employed and I worked at his office as a front desk person early on. And then later when the kids came, I did all the book work at home. And I was just always attuned to what he was doing. Now, I know that not everyone can do that because not everyone has a husband who has his own business, but you can still be asking questions and learning about his job. I've had women that I've said, well, what does your husband do? And they're like, I really don't know. And I think, well, you better know, because if you don't, some other woman is going to be curious. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like it's important that we... Um, we're curious with our husbands about what they do and are they enjoying it and are they fulfilled by it? And as we do that, then of course, you know, I feel like it's been that way for my husband and I, that he's done the same for me, you know, and he's made sure that I get to do and, and be the person that God made me to be and be able to do things that fulfill me as well. So I think being discerning um, and, that's in terms of with, you know, our husbands, of course, and then, of course, with our children, too, as I mentioned earlier, we need to really be discerning. And I will say this, if you, if a woman is too busy to be discerning, she's probably too busy. Mm. And I think it's easy for us. I'll tell you, it's easy for me. I love people. I love projects. I mean, like, right now, I'm in the middle of planning three talks two parties for family and um, a few other things. And I'm like in my glory, but I also have to realize that that gets, that gets done after some of the other things that are more important. Mm -hmm. And so like when Joe says, Hey, do you want to come sit on the deck with me? And, you know, we'll watch a part of a movie or something, you know, I might have to say, well, can we do that at this time instead of this time? But I, I don't want to neglect that, you know? So we have to be discerning, make sure that, everybody's cups are full. And, and I think in return, we'll find that that happens for us too. Mm -hmm. You know, Cindy, as you raised your girls, Joey's sisters, how did you make sure to care for their needs as well? And now as a grandma, how does that look with your grown daughters and their families? Well, I'll tell you what, I'm, I was so delighted to have two girls. I'm glad that we have a son as well. Um, Sometimes I think some people are boy moms and or or boy dads and you know whatever the same for moms. Yeah. I really kind of felt like I was more of a girl mom. Mm -hmm. I have a sister who has three boys and nine and a half years later a girl. She was such a good boy mom. Mm -hmm. She really was. And I remember just sometimes she'd say things to me and I'd be like, "Oh my goodness, I'm so glad I have two girls." You know. <laughs> but um but I don't know if there's a if that's a true thing or not. I'm just saying for me, I felt like I was a girl mom. Sure. And I loved, I, I really, I always enjoy time with Joey too. It's different than with the girls, but I loved my time with the girls. Um, I tried very hard to, as Joe did too, to date the girls. I tried very hard to make a lot of time for them. Uh, one of the things that I did do with my girls was I discipled them. And I went through... Um, some discipleship materials that we use, uh, not so much as a program, but as a life lessons kind of thing. And, um, you know, who is God? Who is the Holy Spirit? How do we witness? How do we share our faith? How do we, 
you know, all the things of the Christian life, as well as I wanted to be sure that they um, were hospitable, that they knew how to welcome people into their home. One of the things I taught the girls very early on was when we had company, do not come up to me and grab me and go, mom, mom, remember when we went to Cedar Point, we were on this ride? Yeah. And I said, because they don't care. People don't want to hear that right now. Maybe when you're talking about Cedar Point, we can talk about. So I would just tell them, like, you ask other people about them. When they ask you, then then you share, you know. And so I felt like my time with my girls was really, really important. Um, Teaching them, you know, sort of the right and wrongs of things, and especially as they would someday marry and have children. But also... um, in terms of the special needs piece, to make sure that they did not feel empty or neglected. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we there were a few times where we were, Joe and I maybe made decisions that affected the girls in some way. And we probably filtered those decisions based on special needs. And just here's one example. Our oldest daughter, Christina, we have a thing here in Ohio where in the fourth or fifth grade, you go on a, an extended couple day. Um, yeah. Like, field trip kind of thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, yes. And it was yeah, sort of yeah. like a camping thing, you know, uh-huh. and, and we did not sign the waiver for her to go horseback riding because her brother would fall off and hurt himself. And certainly so would she. Right. Well, you know, we didn't learn until she was probably 21 and married that she was stuck in the barn with, you know, a lady, probably my age now, you know, what she called an old lady. (laughs) And we just were like mortified, mortified that we took that privilege away from our daughter. She never came home and told us that. Those are the kinds of things I think when we are raising our children, we have to forgive ourselves for. Mm -hmm. And so now it's hilarious because anytime we go on vacation and we always go, Christina, do you want to go horseback riding? (laughs) And um, I think she's allergic to horses anyway. So I, I use that as my out, but um, in fact, this week she's taking her, her kids and the, the grant, the um, foster children to a horseback riding place and have invited us to come. And I said, do you want us to pay for your horseback riding? You know, it's either that or pay for counseling one or the other. I think we have to be careful on ourselves to say, we have made decisions with the best of our capabilities and all, with all love. You know, we didn't do it to be mean. Mm-hmm. And I don't think she ever took it that way. But it continues to be a good joke now, you know. And I'm sure we, I'm sure there's things that we did that probably uh, could have been done better. But I feel like when you, when you love a child and you are giving your all to them, special needs or typically developing, developing they will understand it. And, you know, we, um, we have talked with, um, spoken with someone on family life, and they shared something that I think is so important. And um, when we did the podcast with you on marriage, we didn't mention this, but this is really a keeper. This is, um, I feel if we can do this with our spouse, but also with our children, this is so amazing. So here's the principle. The principle is fact to fact and feeling to feeling. Mm. Now, when, and I find this even works with Joey. So if one of our children come to us and they say, you know, I am just so frustrated. You know, my brother is blah, 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 and I'm mad and whatever. And we 
that's a feeling they're sharing with us. And we come to them and we just say, well, if you just do one, two, and three, then that won't happen. You have just given them a list of facts that they really don't, that's not where they're at right now. Mm. If you say to them, oh, honey, I am so sorry. Is there something I could do to lighten that load right now? You will see a whole different dimension of their face, (laughs) of their countenance, because they have been understood. And I see the same thing with Joey when he's frustrated. I'll just say, are you frustrated? He'll say, yes. Almost with a relief, like, yes, you hear me, you hear my heart. So let's just, that's feeling to feeling. Let's, or yeah, feeling to feeling. Let's use fact to fact. Uh, Your child comes to you and says, you know, I'm just kind of thinking, um, you know, you needed to get that thing done for school for me and it's not done. Now they're not mad at you. You just didn't do it. You didn't sign a paper or you didn't something. So instead of getting all riled up as a parent and saying, Hey, you know, you, you saw how busy I was today. Um, whatever. Instead of saying, you know what? Say to do this, go fact to fact. You know what? You are right. I am so sorry. Let me get to that paper right now, or I'll do it right after dinner. When you address anybody that way, you are going to find that you have a much better relationship. I think that worked great with our girls, with our son. Yes, that's fabulous. You know, Cindy, one of the hard questions for us as parents, and I think especially for us as moms, is how to handle the future planning question. And so how have you guys handled that question with Joey's future? Well, I have a couple of thoughts. Um, let me take you back to um, when Christina was 12. And so now she's in her 30s. That was a long time ago. And we had some friends who had just divorced. And she was asking some questions about what happened. And I could see the wheels turning in her head. Like, what happens if that happens to you ever? Mm-hmm. Or if you die or dad dies? I could just see the wheels turning. And uh, I, I didn't share too much about our friends <clears throat> because it was probably a little bit more than she could have handled at the time. Mm-hmm. But I just said that they weren't getting along and they weren't able to reconcile, basically. And I said, but um, I said, but, you know, you and your dad and I are we're in we're in this for the long haul. And so our plan would not be to follow that plan. Then she went a step further and she says, well, what happens when one of you die or both of you die? What's going to happen with Joey? And I said, you know, you're 12 years old. I don't want you to have to worry about that right now. And you just be a kid and enjoy. We have, we have plans, you know, even at that time we were on a list, you know, with the County, if somebody had to, you know, intervene in some way and, and I said, you, you just need to be a kid and enjoy it. And we have things planned. And as you get older, we'll talk to you about those. Well, she looked at me with all seriousness and she said, well, I just want you to know I would want to take Joey. Mm. And I just thought, oh my gosh, I can assure you, I wouldn't have been a 12 year old thinking like that. Mm-hmm. And I said to her, I go, honey, you know what? That is really nice of you to say, but you don't know who you're going to marry and if they would want Joey and want to have Joey living with them. And she just paused and she looked at me and she said, why would I marry them then? Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh my gosh, the wisdom. And she is a very wise young lady. And I thought, oh my gosh, you're 12 years old. Look at the wisdom of this girl. 
And so I said, you know, we'll talk about that more as time goes on. Well, I just want you to know that both of our girls have married young men that love Joey. Both of our girls have said that they would take Joey. And the beauty of that is, you know, Joey could be with one family staying home while another gets their time away because Joey really could, for most part, care less about some of the, he's a homebody, you know, and then vice versa, of course. And um, so for us, I mean, I, could I have painted a better picture than that? No, I, I could not have planned that. And that is why I think really how we treat our children is also how our children will treat each other, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and not 100% of the time. I have two girls that were fairly compliant and, you know, maybe one, one of them might not have been, you know? But I'm thankful for that. And recently, you know, I know this will air a little bit past the big part of COVID and who knows what will happen in terms of the ebbs and flows of variants and things like that. But during COVID, we decided, Joe and I, that we would go through a list of all of the things like, let's do this when we have a t- have time. So we made a list and we got through everything. And one of the things was updating our wills and our trusts. And so everything now is totally, um, I mean, I don't want to go anytime soon or anything, but Everything's ready if that should happen. And we are going to be very shortly getting together with our our girls and their spouses to go through everything because it just recently finished up. Mm-hmm. And one of our son, son-in-laws is a lawyer, so he's going to take us through it. And um, even though he didn't draw it up just because of family interest, um, he will be able to go through it with us and share kind of what that means for everybody. And along the way, we asked them questions to see how they might like us to do certain things. And that was real helpful. Um, So I feel like we have put things in place. There um, are so many people out there who do specialize um, in special needs trusts and many other special needs things in terms of um, uh, getting help for your, your child, or for that matter, if it's a, a, sibling or a parent even there's a lot of people out there that can help just making some of the right calls and getting the right connections i think some of the best connections people can make are through friends who have similar situations but for us for joey's future um you know it came to me the other day like well that's great that we have the girls to watch joey but if we're deceased and what if he outlives them i hadn't thought about that you know he just because he's older doesn't mean that you know, he would be the first to, to die. So that's just an aspect that we probably should talk about too when we have that meeting. But I think it's important really just to um, definitely to have a plan. And um, if you don't have family members who are willing, then you do need to make plans, whether it's through your your county board of, you know, developmental delays, whatever it might be called in your area. Uh, each state and probably county deals with things differently but the time to plan that the time to investigate it is now yes because they'll you'll be on a list where people will make calls to you will keep you up on things that are changing um i have never considered myself in terms of special needs this big advocate that knows all the bills and numbers and all the different things of what's going on in my state enough enough to understand but not to be the advocate for it 
my advocacy is for my son. And so um, I think the sooner you get involved in your opportunities or availabilities is better for you. Um, We're never going to plan 100%. Right. But the more that we can do, I think the better will be for them. My goal was to make things as seamless and easy for Joey as possible. And it's because our girls made that offer, not because I asked them. And I'm very, very grateful for their, their heart. Mm-hmm. And I would add, if you're in the San Diego area, there is a special needs planning, future planning class that the regional center does offer. That's um, a wonderful resource. Cindy, I'm going to combine this question for you and just ask, what's one thing as a mom that you would encourage our moms to pursue? And what's one pitfall as a mom that you would encourage our moms to avoid? Um, Let's see. So in terms of pursuing things, um, I guess, you know, this would be the spiritual answer, you know, godliness, of course, you know, (laughs) be all you can in terms of a woman of God, because people are watching. Mm -hmm. You know, our children are pretty obvious. Um, I don't often realize how obvious Joey is because he's so normal to us. But when I see another person who is Joey in another family, it kind of catches me, catches my breath a little bit. And I think this is what other people see in my family that I don't see, you know. So I would say that um, definitely pursue godliness and what what has this situation allowed for you to become because God has given it to you? And I think we have many opportunities um, to show Jesus through how we care for our children, our special needs children, our typical children. And then I would say um, something to avoid. Um, I suppose because I could easily go this direction, I would say avoid having pity parties and avoid being a martyr. Um, But I think I would avoid that. Instead of being the martyr that says, I never get to go out, we'll find ways to get out. Um, Instead of being the woman who says, I have no friends, go make some. What I'm doing here, actually, uh, I um, have rented a pavilion in our park system for a 40th birthday party for Joey. And we have it all day long, but the party's in the evening. So in the morning, we are having a party of women who, and I just went out on Facebook because I I have so many friends on Facebook, but some I've never really met, right? So I'm like, let's meet. Yay. So we have this pavilion, rain or shine. And for two hours, I said, bring your own beverage and I'll have all the carbs. And (laughs) a couple of people are bringing fruit. I said, you're the good people. (laughs) I'm the bad lady who's bringing carbs, coffee, cake. But you know what? If... If I want to have friendships, and I'm not thinking every person on friendships or on Facebook is going to be my best friend. I have some dear friends, and I'm good with my friends, mm-hmm. but I think we need each other. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, coming out of COVID and everything, I want to connect. I want to reconnect with people. I want to connect other people. Who knows out of this gathering who might become a good friend? And it's not just special needs, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we should just be with special needs people either. You know, I think some of our best um, availabilities to teaching other people about special needs is when they don't have any and being able to be, you know, with other people. So, so don't be, don't be the Debbie Downer and, you know, woe is me. I can't do anything or go anywhere or be anything. Um, Just like we, you know, shared in the other 
um, podcast. You know, I have a passport that doesn't get me anywhere except to a restaurant. And just a friend and I do it and we pretend like we're going places. And she has two special needs, 100% care little girls. And so when we go out, we pretend that we're traveling. And um, what can you do that's outside the box? That's just a little bit different that you can come home and say, I had some refreshment. I love that. Cindy, what's one thing that you'd like to share with our moms to help encourage them and bring hope for the road ahead? Well, you know, I love your, um, your blog, Hope on the Hard Road. And I just really love that. It's a hard road. Mm-hmm. Our book was called Unexpected Journey. And it has a road on the front of it. And that is exactly what I think is just, it's just so important. What is our journey? Where are we going? And right now, some people listening, they may have a newly diagnosed you know, child into the special needs community. You're a little further down the road and I'm kind of way at the other end. And yet, I just would give the encouragement that you can do it. Um, don't quit. Uh, you know, I, I think even in marriage, how there were probably times either one of us could have quit and just said, you know what, this would be easier if you married somebody else, let her take care of it, you know. <laughs> um, I know I wouldn't have ever felt right about doing something like that. And I never really pursued that thought. But um, when you have those moments that are really challenging, you do say to yourself, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. I'm tired. I'm tired of this. And um, so I would encourage you to just, just keep on the road, even though it's the hard road, keep on the road and find friends. You need encouraging friends who will listen. And I have one friend who um, we were prayer partners a long time ago and we still will pray for each other. But when the kids were little, we would just every morning we'd call quick prayers and hang up. There was no conversation. And this one day I had had it with Joey. I couldn't take it. And I called her about three o'clock in the afternoon. And I said, I just want to throw him out the window. <laughs> Been there. <laughs> and I bet. Yeah, probably, probably for us more than once. Right. And she just paused. And she said, would that be the first floor or second floor window? (laughs) (laughs) I love the understanding. Yes. And I thought, you know what? That kind of goes to fact to fact, feeling to feeling, right? She felt my pain and she wasn't trying to tell me, don't do it. She knew I wouldn't do it. I just needed someone to be in the, in the ditch with me for a minute. Mm. And she was. And so I would encourage you, and even as a mom, if you're down the road a little bit like I am, I have a 40-year-old son, maybe your child is 20 or 30, and you can be breathing life into a young mom, do that. I have some moms that I will just drop stuff in their mailbox, a little fun towel or a bar of soap or a coffee, like those little international coffees, or just say thinking of you. You know, I'm not spending any big bucks but I'm spending a moment to say, I've been there, you know, I get it. I would just encourage them, don't quit. Um, this side of the journey um, has gotten easier, maybe harder in some ways just because we're getting older, but um, certainly a blessing. Not every day is a blessing, but more of them are than I remember them being when I was younger. Mm. 
Cindy, thank you so much. I am so blessed to have you on today's podcast. So thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate this opportunity. Thank you so much. Resources and contact information for today's podcast will be included in the show notes. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share us with others and be sure to follow us so you won't miss an episode. And we'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment or rating and connect with us on social media or on our website at hopeonthehardroad.org.